just got back from Uganda, so that explains the tan and the new hairstyle and <laughs> the gain of weight, and the food is great there. My wife has something she want to share before we get going here. Praise the Lord, everyone. <laughs> it is such an honor to always be with you guys here on a Sunday morning or whenever we're able to be with you all. We love it. You are our family. <laughs> Amen. Family in Jesus' name. Amen. And um, my husband and I um, wanted to, well, he wanted me to share with you all um, to the women. Amen. Uh, many of you know and some of you do not know that we have a, um, a women's ministry called uh, Manifest in Me. And it's a women's gathering that we do um, get together once a year. But God have, um, has shifted that ministry and is um, called uh, Manifest in Me, the School of the Miraculous. And we had our first um, school class, if you want to say, last month on the, um, I believe it was the 3rd of January, and um, Cheryl was with us. Um, Cheryl, she's not here. I don't see her. And, um, excuse me, I have something in my mouth. I have gum <laughs> in my mouth. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> um, Cheryl was, was with us last um, week, uh, last month, and it was just so amazing. It was so good. And I just want to give an, ex um, an invitation to all the women at Zion to be a part uh, we will be gathering on the 2nd of February, and Gail is going to be with us this time, so we're excited that Gail is going to be with us. If you're interested, definitely see me or see Gail, and she can give you the information. Love you guys. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord, everybody. My God. How many love the holidays? Three people. The rest of you liars. <laughs> I love the holidays. I love Christmas, Thanksgiving, and I love the New Year. That stretch between uh, Thanksgiving and New Year's because it really focused on family. It really emphasized getting together and loving one another. So much comes, a lot of eating, a lot of meeting people you haven't talked to in years. And sometimes you got to get yourself physically and mentally ready to encounter some relatives. Do anybody got strange relatives? <laughs> if you don't, you're the stranger. <laughs> they get ready for you. But I love it because I believe this season that we're in, the Holy Spirit is focusing on family. Uh, I don't care what the devil's doing. I care about what God is doing. Because we can change the environment no matter where we are. If we lock into what the Holy Spirit is doing. Amen. And, I, and I'm just sitting here thinking this whole week, God has placed in my heart babies and sons and daughters and husbands and wives. And I begin to think about how God loves family. I mean, he's been a father before the earth began. How many know that? He's, he's always been a father, so he's always been in family. And I think about when he started creation, he didn't start with the church. He started with a family. Are, are you with me? So it's always been on his heart to connect people, connect lives, and to share the love that's in his heart with other people. Are you with me? 
The first thing he gave Adam was encounter. He, he put him in his presence, and he shared the love that the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, they shared with one another, and he invited Adam in to that love affair. So that same love that the Father has for the Son, the Son has for the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit has for the Father, it just continued to pass that same love. It's no different. Say no different. So he brought Adam in who knows any, nothing. The only thing he knows is I came alive and, and here I am in the presence of the Father. And he learned everything from the Father face to face. He learned how to love. He learned how to have joy, peace. He learned how to be satisfied, fully satisfied before even his wife came. He learned how to be, uh, 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 how can I say, uh, Whole. He learned how to be whole, meaning nothing missing, before he even had his bride. And he built upon that. He, he, he built upon uh, his marriage, and then out of that marriage came the children. And everyone had that same love. Are you with me? Until sin came in. And scripture took me to Luke chapter 9, verse 58. And... I was reading this, and I couldn't get past this one scripture. I was talking with my wife in the bedroom, and, and, and I said, Jesus said something profound here. He said, he said unto him, foxes have holes, and birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man has no place to lay his head. He has no place to rest his head. Foxes have holes. Birds of the air have nests, but where can I rest my head? If your mind doesn't rest, you cannot build or grow a home. If there's no rest, the mind can't rest. If there's no place of safety and security, there can't be any growth. It's impossible to have rest. Are you with me? He emphasized the fact that foxes have holes. When, when, when a fox is being chased and pursued in society, they can deal with everything out there. Their mind is focused. If I can just get back to the hole, if I can get back to the hole, I can get a strategy to deal with the things that are going on in life. If the hunters chase me, if I can get to the hole. How many were in the military? Nobody. Three, five. You know about foxholes. If I can get to that foxhole, no matter what's going on above me, bullets flying, I can get to the foxhole. And there's safety in that ground in that foxhole. And it's also a place that I can attack the enemy from. So Jesus is on to something when he says, Foxes have a hole. They have an environment that's different than the chaotic environment around them. And then, then he says, birds of the air have nests. And when you think about a bird and their nest, they don't just have any old kind of nest. The nest is put together strategically from broken branches. The nest is put together, and the nest has the ability to have, uh, to give protection 
and it also gives shelter, and it also uh, uh, is hidden from predators. So Jesus is saying, well, animals have a place to go. But where can I rest my head? And my question to you is, if your environment in your house is similar to your environment in the world, where can you truly have rest? Where can I truly have rest if I feel that my house is not safe? If, if I feel that my wife and husband is always arguing and I'm a child and I hear the arguments going forth, or if I'm a husband, I come home, and the things I deal with in life, I come home, and I have to deal with with my spouse. Or the loving mother that, that says that my house is not a home because I got to deal with a husband who doesn't love me like this, like the Bible says. So it creates an environment where there's no place of rest. How many ever been up all night? I mean, you tried to sleep and you just get back up and, and you didn't try everything and your wife or husband sleeping and, and you wonder how they're having such a great night. <laughs> There's times I'm laying there sleeping in the bed and I'll bump my wife. She tisha, you up? <laughs> no, I was sleeping till you woke me up. I mean, I tried flipping the pillow over on the cool side and still got no sleeping. I turned to the foot of the bed and I still up and the dog snoring and my wife snoring, everybody snoring and I'm annoyed <laughs> because I can't find a place to rest. God did not intend for the family to be a place of chaos. Are you with me? Today, we're going to deal with a family heart. Hallelujah. I love Jesus. I want to look at Matthew chapter 11, verse 28, verse through uh, 30. It's one of my favorite scriptures. He says, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened. He says, and I will give you what? Rest. He didn't say go to your friends that like to talk. Sometimes we take so much of our family issues to the wrong environment. Who has that friend where you're, if you're heated and you talk to them, they know how to send the fire up higher? <laughs> you don't want to raise your hand. You don't want to talk about it. You had that friend, it, it, it just gets you in a hog pen. With your, if your emotions is on 10, and that friend will light it up to 20. But it doesn't create a place of rest. Truth is, you want to be free from that emotion or that heartache or that pain that you're in. You don't run to the person that's going to make the flames go higher. We have to get in tune to the one that created us. Somebody, someone said the manufacturer. If my car breaks down, I don't take it to the person that made the boat. If your Honda breaks down, where you take it? To Lindsay or whoever makes the Hondas or whoever serviced the vehicle. You won't take it over here to McDonald's and say, McDonald's, will you fix my Honda? So when we malfunction, where are we supposed to go? Back to the Father. 
the Father will fix our hearts, fix our mind, fix our emotions. He will lock us in. He will sign us back up for the army. Who remember the show Cheers? I want to go to a place where everyone knows your name. And all the trouble's the same. I mean, what person want to go to that environment where everybody got the same issues and y'all just pass it around to one another? Yeah, my wife. Yeah, your wife. My wife as well. And we just pass it back and forth. And we want to break through in our family. But we go to that same place where everyone knows our problems. Yeah, I can, I can relate to you. Let me tell you about my sickness. Let me tell you about Arthur, old Arthur. Let me tell you about my kidney. Let me tell you about my cancer. Your cancer is not yours. You weren't born with it. God didn't give it to you. It's not yours. It's the enemy's. We got to get back to the manufacturer. Are you with me? He says, take my yoke upon you. Learn from me. It's amazing. Jesus says, you have an opportunity to take what is mine. And when we think about yoke, we think about bondage. But God says, no, my yoke is not bondage to your spirit. It's liberty to you. Are you with me? He says, take my yoke upon you. It's not something meant to keep you from experience the abundant life, but it's to set you into the, the abundant life. It's to set you free from the things that are bonding, uh, abounding you. He says, take my yoke, learn from me. Most of our bad habits were learned from broken people. I, I, I have issues. When I was coming up, I had Issues about being a father because my experience was from a broken father. I don't know if, if I have what it takes to, to do the hard work of being a father until I got to the presence of the Lord. And, and I learned from him and I learned what a good father is. And out of that gave me courage and strength to step up and be a father. We spend so much time being mad at broken people. I mean, what sense for me to be mad at my broken father when he learned his broken behaviors from another broken man? And he learned his broken behaviors from another broken man. He learned his broken behaviors from another broken man. He learned his from slavery. Are you with me? So it I got to get off of being focused at you, and I have to look at the real situation. The real situation is there's a void in me that can only be free, can only be liberated by being in the presence of a good, good father. Are you with me? He goes on to say, I am gentle, and I am humble at heart. Somebody said at the heart level. He begins to show you that at the core of everything I am, I am love. Woo! Love is not what, what my dad said. Love is not even what my mom showed me. Because, see, see, mama can love you out of her brokenness, too. You have to have the answer to our situation. We have to have the father. 
Are you with me? See, most of us will look at ourselves and say we're okay. Let's be honest. Look around you. Look at the beautiful people sitting beside you. Some of us smell great. Some of us not so great. But underneath everything that's sitting in the seat beside you, there's a crack somewhere. There's something that we need God's grace and mercy. There's something in me I don't do so well. Isn't it amazing? I remember in 2003, I was in Bible college, and I preached a sermon, and my wife, who's always been, been, you know, over the top for me, we always joke in Bible college, who looked at who first? And I told her she couldn't keep her eyes off me. She said, oh, he's so anointed. It's, he's so anointed. When you get home and see he doesn't put his dishes in the sink, he's so annoying. <laughs> Somewhere you make the shift from being in all to he's standing on my foot every day. Somebody say broken. A lot of people don't make it from seeing one another's cracks. If a bird can make a nest from broken branches, you can make a home with broken people. You, you, you can build. You can build. If you want somebody perfect, I used to say this all the time, I want the perfect wife. You know what God said to me? Then go to the retired home and get an 83-year-old wife. Because that woman knows how to raise kids. She knows how to deal with loss of jobs. She knows how to deal with health problems. She knows how to deal with all these issues that a woman your age has no clue. So if you're looking for the perfect person, you need to go get somebody that's about 30 years, 40 years, 50 years your age. Because she is broken like you are broken. Are you with me? The question is, can we build a home together out of our, even in our brokenness, if we focus on the cross and not on the cracks in our life, if I can focus on the cross, God can fix the cracks. I look, at, I look back at myself like, what were you thinking at 25? I mean, who all had it together at 19? <laughs> I mean, I, you can take a poll. Every teenager say, I can take it from here, Dad. Mom, I don't need nothing else. They all think their life has no cracks. But something happens when your hairline recedes. It's called Wisdom. And you look back like, what in the world was I thinking at 18? You start to see, not cracks, you start to see the big holes in your life. It's like, that's where the draft was coming in. <laughs> I was sleeping under the big old hole in the window. So Jesus 
answering the question, where can I rest my head? In the midst of all this confusion in my family, God has a family. See, I love vacation. But when I'm on vacation too long, I look over at my wife and say, I'm ready to go home. Because when you have a place that's perfect, the environment is perfect for you, there's no bed like yours. Are you with me? See, Jesus enjoyed heaven. He enjoyed the Father face to face. He's always been in his presence. He enjoyed the love. He beheld the beauty of the Father right there. But this earth ain't like that. He says, I'm here on a mission. And my mission in life is to to fix what is broken, to destroy the works of the devil. How can I have peace if there's cancer in the house? I'm going to get this thing out. Are you with me? Somebody say amen. A nest brings structure. It brings insulation, and it brings security. Three things that the Father brings to a family, the Heavenly Father. See, I've tried to wrestle with a kid before. How many know what power struggles is? I'm not eating this cereal. Yes, you are eating this cereal. You're going to eat this cereal now. I'm not going to eat this cereal. Yes, you are going to eat this cereal. And 30 minutes into it, you're wrestling over cereal. And, and you go, your day's all messed up. Your life's all messed up. And you find out it's over Cheerios. <laughs> we cannot get in power struggles with our kids. Jesus doesn't struggle. Can you imagine a father power struggling with us? We have to build the child. Somebody say build them. We don't wrestle with them, we build them. My number one priority when I encounter a new person in my home is not to listen to their issues. It's not to look at their history and all the stuff they've been through in life. My number one priority is to show you that this place is a place of rest. Why do you think Jesus supplies your needs? You got meat? I got that. It's in the kingdom. You need healing? I got that. You need food? I got that. He says, seek first what? The kingdom of God, what? And all. See, God, God says, that stuff you wrestle with, that's a part of the covenant. But you need to seek first the heart of the Father. This is the most important thing, is getting my DNA down in you. And when you get my DNA, you don't have to worry about these things. Because once you know I'm a good father, you don't have to, you can go three days because you know I'm going to provide. Are you with me? 
I remember, my wife doesn't really like me sharing this story. <laughs> I'll, give her, I'll give her a heads up every time I'm about to share something. Let her know she's going to talk to me about on the ride home. <laughs> Hallelujah. But I remember we were at Kroger's, and we were driving, and I was 25 and no mustache, six-pack abs. Yeah, he, he, yeah. Life comes at you sometimes. Everybody want to take you to a barbecue. I got friends everywhere, and they all want to feed me. It's something about being big. Everybody think big people love to eat, but my wife will have the whole table full, and she's way more than me. I don't know where she puts it. But we were, we were young, 25-year-olds, and, and I remember we got into a disagreement in the car. I can't remember what it was over, but in my mind, it was something small. She thought it was something big enough to open the car while the car was still moving and thought she was going to start walking. That's when I realized there was a, a miscommunication somewhere. I didn't intend for things to be that serious. Both of us love Jesus. Both of us saved. Both of us walking in purpose. But our signals got crossed. See, it's something about a man we think from this gene here. God never told you to respect their wife. Respect comes easy for a man. It's natural. He says, husbands do what? Love your wife. Why? Love. You have to depend on me to learn how to love. So from that moment, I realized I have to change my approach because I thought I was here and it was fine, and, and she thought she was going to take a walk when the car is moving. I said, God, you're going to have to help me with this love thing. Are you with me? I talk to my teenagers all the time. I have a son that says, well, I didn't mean nothing like it, but his body language and everything says I do mean it. I do mean to be rude. I do mean to be, but that's not his intent. So it takes him learning from the father how to honor his mother and father. Are you with me? Are you with me, Mike? I see him over there squirming. <laughs> Turn to Ephesians chapter 5. I love the Father. One thing I've learned in life is we, we spend a lot of time become professionals in our careers, professional athletes, professional students. We spend a lot of time perfecting the things out of the house. One of the most important things is that foxhole. Because if I build a $400,000 home and lose my family, what does the house mean to me? Are you with me? Ephesians chapter 5, let's look at verse number 24. 
scripture says, therefore, the church is subject unto Christ. So let the wives be to their own husband in 25% of the things. No. 50% of the things. 75% of the things. 90. Everything. Somebody say everything. See, submission is not domination. See, some men think, bless God, look, you need to listen to me. No, that's not what God is saying. He's not saying push your spouse around and tell her she's going to listen to you no matter what. He's speaking of respect. And let me ask you women, how many ladies I have in here? She said a lot, Craig, talk to me. How many of you will have a problem. Oh. I I used to be an usher. Don't worry about that. I'm good on my feet. (laughs) Shout out to the ushers. My wife warned me about some stuff. How many of you will have a problem submitting to your husband and everything, if he loves you like Christ loved the church. Submitting is easy when you see the heart. And you see their heart is for you. One thing we as men have a problem doing is opening our mouth and communicating with our wife and our family. It doesn't come natural. Now, as you get older, some men are just perfect at it. Why? They've been in the presence of the Father for a long time. But one thing we struggle with is communicating each and everything on our heart. And one thing our women like to do is what? Talk. My wife will talk until she drops on the pillow about about us. Are you with me? You know, you know, Derek, I was thinking this, and I was thinking about this, and we can do it this way, and we can do And I'm over there like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, uh-huh. If you learn uh-huh, you, you're ahead of the game. If you can open your mouth and at least say uh-huh, get some agreement going. You sit there, and she got to put some jumper jacks on you to get you to open your mouth and say something. But hear me, women. Because we don't talk don't mean we're not thinking about it. See, there's this thing called a cave. We go inside, work it out, and come to you with the answer. You know, Tisha, we were talking about this three days ago. I think that's a great idea. What are you talking about? I went in my cave. I'm sorry. But God didn't call you to be a caveman. He like cavemen. God, when you think about Jesus, what did Jesus do? He talks to you. He communicates his heart. He communicates his emotions. He listens to the things that you're struggling with, and he returns the answer. He returns the love and compassion. Sometimes he just listens. Sometimes. Listen, guys, 
she never just rambled. It may sound like rambling, but it's never rambling. <laughs> Everything has a point. Hallelujah. Have you ever listened as a man? Have you ever been in the house and you're talking about something here? You swear your wife's not listening. And she's on the phone with three people and she turned around and said, oh, yeah, it was the black one, Pastor. <laughs> she's in your conversation, her conversation, and the person's conversation on the other line. And she's juggling all of it. And when we deal with, we can only have a conversation this way. Look here, I, I got to listen to you. Then my wife started talking, my kids started talking. Not now, everything's messed up. My computer's jamming. And see, boys, young men, who, young men under 18. See, this is why you got to listen to this. Because your computer's always jammed. Your homework, teach. Your schoolwork, your problems, your friends, and all. You got all this information going on, and you say, Mom and Dad's tripping. <laughs> no, you're a young man who has to learn how to process things. It's not just tripping. Are you with me? Here she go again. Hallelujah. I ain't gonna go there. <laughs> But why submit to your husband in everything? Then he says, husbands, love your wife, even as Christ loved the church and gave himself. Somebody said himself. Ladies said, give it up, men. He didn't give houses and cars. That's not the stuff that he was worried about. Provision comes with the kingdom. The thing, I'm not going to trip again. The thing that God gave was himself. He gave his emotions. He gave his time. He gave conversation. He gave the in stuff, the things that are hard, the things that we struggle giving. Do you love me? <laughs> it's like vegetables. You got to pry that word sometimes out of a man's mouth. I, I, love, I like you. It's like we had those conversations. We talked to our friend. Did you tell her you love her? Yeah, I told her I love her. Oh. Why is it such a hard thing to open your mouth and say, I'm willing to give it all? See, love is defined on God's terms, not ours. He says love with all your heart, all your mind. He says all your strength. He begins, God wants all when he loves. Love takes everything. Not just the things I want to give. I don't just dangle things out. It takes everything in me. I focus it on that person. Give, give. Are you with me? My wife comes in the door. House is messed. Her emotions everywhere. She's, she's always. She's a strong woman. One of the, the, the craftiest business people I ever met. She's very intelligent. She's very smart and intelligent. She's uh, great at selling homes and just, just an all-around great person. And when you, she comes in the house sometimes and has things going on in her life, I can't match her with that. Are you with me? 
You know when your spouse or your loved one has had a bad day. Somebody say grace. See, Jesus was grace. He didn't say, now what did you do that for? He's slow to anger. See, when I learned how Jesus is, I said, God, I want that. I want that. I want to have that DNA in me. I want this burning in my heart that I, that I love my family this way. Are you with me? He says that he gave himself for it. And then verse number 26 says that he might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of the water by the word. Somebody say by the word. He cleansed the church by the word. See, you can destroy your house by your words or you can cleanse your house by the word. Are you with me? How many people are single in here? I would think, I would think everybody would. Because single means whole. Single means nothing missing. If I pull a $20 bill out or a $1 bill, that's a what? Single dollar. But the moment I break it, it becomes 99 cents. What happens when you break a bill? You have a $100 bill and you say, I'm going to hold this thing forever. The moment you break it, 80, 70, 60, 20, and then you're left with a few pennies. So I, I told my wife, I'm going to change my Facebook status to single. <laughs> she said, the devil is a liar. <laughs> you are single, Derek. I said, wait a minute, honey, let me help you. She said, you better help yourself. <laughs> I said, hear me out. I'm not leaving you, but I'm whole with you, and you're a whole person. Are you with me? See, God called you. <laughs> he said, I'm trying to get there. <laughs> God called you to be single before he called you to be married. He called you to be whole. See, Adam didn't need Eve to be whole. Are you with me? I'm whole when I met her. I was complete when I met her. I had nothing. I knew where to take my heart to, my emotions to. I knew when things were messed up, where to go to. I was whole as a single person. Are you with me? What happens when you're whole and that person that you're with struggling to find their identity? hard to find that place of rest. Where do I lay my head? So you see Jesus' predicament. He was whole. My family's messed up. My family has issues. I can't rest. There's too much work to do. 
must build the house. I must get back the very thing that I once had before sin came in. Before you were formed in your mother's womb, you were by me. I call destiny out of your life, even in your brokenness now. How you're broken now, God says, I look at you and I know what I called you to be. He says, if you can just come to me, I can deal with the scars that you have now. I can work into the past and, and heal those emotions from the past. And I can work from the end to the beginning. Why? I work outside of time. I'm eternity. I remember when I encountered God and I came to him broken, just a mess. Like, here, God, if you can do anything, here's my life. And it's different to everything that's ever been. Mom here, dad there, brothers here, cousins here, no one's talking. Here, just take this mess. God says, first thing I'm going to give you, Lord, I'm going to give you peace. And out of that peace, I'm going to go in your past. I'm going to deal with the crack, the crack addiction from your father, the abandonment, the emotional scars from your mother. I'm going to deal with the poverty that you grew up in. I'm going to deal with all these things that gave you what you think is your identity. And you're going to find your identity in me. Something about when you have the identity of a father. It caused your head to lift up. You get to see I'm not a mistake. See, people think just out of poverty, those are the only people that have problems. No, there's rich people that don't know their poverty. He works providing material stuff, but he never builds a house. Then the house breaks apart, and that big old mansion is on the market. It's desert. So poverty has nothing to do with financial. It's an absence of the eternal father. This is why I love this woman right here, because we're... I'm subtle at, and God needs the lion. She can be that lion. You don't believe me? <laughs> Somebody say, well, I'm okay. You struggle with Loving who you are. If you search your heart, allow the Holy Spirit to search your heart, he'll show you where you're insecure at. And he'll show you the cracks. And he'll say, that right there is a crack. It's a little fox. What, what happens when you light a lot of little foxes in? It can, it can slowly mess things up. And you'll start saying things like, this is who I am. 
you'll say things like, it's menopause. No, it's the crack. Well, this is how all men are. No, it's crack. Because if you show me the father, that's what all men are supposed to be like. Are you with me? So God shows you. Come here, Sister Michelle. This is my sister. I love her. When you come to the father, he looks through your outer garments. He can look past your hypocrisy. See, a hypocrite is one that speaks behind a mask. I can put a face up that smiles, and you'll think I'm happy. I know how to say praise the Lord, and I go, woo, praise the Lord. But on the inside, you're like, oh, I don't feel like it. God says, I can see past all that, and I see these. Those things that are secret in your heart, you're bitter at your father. But you suppressed it, never addressed it, never got it out. You just put it down in you. You struggle with lust, envy, all these things, drunkenness, weighing on you as a garment. And you're trying to praise, you're trying to dance. But what God does is when he sees you, he says, come to me. See, he, he doesn't mind. He's not intimidated by your sin. Because where sin abounds, what? Grace abounds even more. He says, I see the beauty in your ashes. And as you're dancing, he's pulling off everything. That you once identified with. You say, God, I have unforgiveness. He can break that chain. He just goes through your life just pulling off everything, every weight, laying aside every weight, everything you say no that hindered love, everything that hindered your wholehearted yes, he can strip away from your life. I remember when he stripped away my hardness towards my father. I was in Bible college, and he says, do you love me? Yes, you know I love you. He says, why haven't you forgiven your father? I pause. Keep on dancing. With those last hard pieces on me. He says, do you love me? He says, why haven't you forgiven what I've already applied the blood to? I said, God, you don't know how much it hurts. He showed me his hands and said, I was son of man. I came down to this earth. I identified with your emotions. I know what pain feels like. And I told him, God, 
I want to give it. He says, what do my words say? See, a lot of wrestling can be, can be fixed if we read what Jesus said. He says, if you don't forgive the brother and sister you see, <laughs> he didn't say, I might not. He, he didn't say, I'll think about it. But I can't forgive. Neither will I forgive you of yours. Here's the dilemma. Do I love him more than the pain? Do I love God more? than the brokenness. I said yes. And that last one, free me to love and behold my father like the man that he created him to be at that moment in my life. See, the truth is the real person that was set free was not my daddy. Don't wait till you're doing purpose and find out these things are hidden in you. I was free to dance. I was free to give him the praise that was burning in my heart to give him. There's a dance that you haven't given God yet. There's a praise that you haven't given God yet. There's a song that you haven't sang to God yet. This song is the song of freedom from the brokenness of family. I'm free. I want everyone to close their eyes and no one looking around. Father's asking you, am I worth it all? Am I worth everything? Am I worth that little thing that you call yours that you keep in your heart? He said, I'm the God of all. All that I have for exchange are all that you have. My joy for your heartache. My peace for your anxiety. My love for your hate and anger. My hope for your hopelessness. My freedom for your bondage. My steady, my unmoving, unmovable, shake, unshakable love. For your fear. Am I worth it? 
worship monarchies that God has given us. If you say yes, lift your hand. I'm going to pray for you right now. assignment over your family in the name of Jesus. Holy Spirit, I ask you today to strengthen their innermost man even now right here. Release your wisdom. Release your wisdom and grace in their life. Fear, go in Jesus' name. I want everyone to stand to their feet that says, I want a, a whole family. The devil hates family. family more than your natural brothers and sisters and your mother and father. When God's love burns in your heart, it overflows to the fatherless, to the stranger, to the orphan, to the widow. It overflows. You start looking for cracks in other people's houses. No place for me to rest. Why? I see cracks. I have purpose. I'll rest when I get in the presence of my Father. That's why church is so important. If I can get to the presence of the Father, I'll find rest there. And then he'll send me out with what's burning in my heart. I can't sleep while there, there's no food over there in this country. I can't sleep while there's persecution in that country. I can't sleep while New York passes laws. Kill babies that are just about to come out. I can't sleep. How can I rest? I see cracks. I see holes. And I want to be the answer. I want to get on Jesus. God's going to send some of you from this very place. Right here for Zion. God's lighting your fire. When I was in prayer and worship, I saw a flame shoot across the sky. Right here. And it got real hot. It's like God said, I, I'm baking this a furnace. This place, I'm making a furnace. And it's going to be so hot. That communities around are going to feel the flame.
from this place. But some of you from this place are going to sin where they can't even see the flame. And you're going to take this fire. You're going to stay connected to this place and you're going to take this fire. It's going to sit here. And you're going to give to the Father. There's songs that God's releasing right now. He's singing it to your heart to give out. Lift your hands. If that's you, God, I want to be the flame. Be the flame in me. Come be the flame. Hallelujah. Be a fire in my heart right now. I can't rest. I want you to stand before this altar if that's you. If I can get for one second the musicians to get back on the song up there. And there's, I believe there's a prophetic song. I can't pray it. It's going to be saying. I want you to sing what the Holy Spirit is giving you right now. Fresh off the throne of God. I want you to sing it over their, their lives right here. So it's one thing where you can sing to God. But can you hear the song that he's singing to you? I, I, I'm going to, if you need to go, we're at the end. I respect you. I love you. God bless you. pray God's favor upon your life. I pray that nothing harm you in Jesus' name.